0: Sports
1: Talk. Oh, Thank you all for tuning in to the 1885th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, our host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are. How are you listening, I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day, whether it be via Spotify iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Air Radio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, per usual. Can have been Karen on host, the Sports Club, the Podcast to preview Conference Championship Weekend in the NFL also will get into a little bit of college football as always. Always try to do that when Ben's on, because Ben's a big college football guy. And uh NFL news and notes had coaches being hired, had coaches being let go, stepping down, also uh just some general football talk. I haven't gotten Ben's opinion on the Chiefs, Bills game, stuff like that. But before we get to all of that I'm going to get my shameless blog, as always. First-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be via Reddit threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below. Specifically, if you use Spotify, you can click on the timestamps, and it will send you to whichever part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. It is for your convenience. Also, follow me on Twitter at Night Train underscore Lane. And subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lynn. You will find that I post 3 to minute clips of this podcast right here. As well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if you have Apple or iTunes, then give me 5 stars and a great review. And for some odd reason, if you don't like the podcast, then don't worry. Just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And now, before we get to Ben, we're going to do one of my famous... Daryl Lane monologues so Tom Brady uh, a goal of his was to play till he's 45 it looks like his supermodel wife and his kids are you know maybe changing the math on that equation and uh, I'll tell you a story because I think it's interesting so a girl came up to me at a bar right tells me I'm cute grabs me and everything and I'm like oh it's on and guys you know what that means when you're like oh yeah that's it's on and in life and this is something that a lot of people fail to realize things change people change people change their minds uh there ends up being different influences to cause people to change their minds right and this girl ended up kind of recanting on her initial interest because she's like oh you're 22 you're 23 oh i'm like 32 33 this is like a 10 year difference and she kept bringing it up and you get say, oh okay This is something, and I met this girl at a bar, and probably she slept on it, probably talked to some of her friends, and at the end of the day, it probably sounded really cool in the moment to be like, hey, okay, I think this guy's cute, let me go up and talk to him, and they're like, oh, he's 23, 22, like, okay, that's fine, you give him your number, and then after that, you sleep on it, you think about it, you talk to your friends, talk to some of your coworkers, and they're like, oh. You don't want to be a cougar. Oh, you don't want to talk to somebody that age. And then it's like, eh, maybe I don't want to do it. Also, the drinks are flowing. The drinks aren't flowing when you wake up in the morning. And then you think about your decision and you're like, yeah, probably not the best thing in the world. And that's fine. Because, right, people are entitled to change their mind. I change my mind all the time in terms of how I view sports, in terms of how I view life. What I thought about somebody like Josh Allen four years ago isn't what I think about Josh Allen. Now, how I evaluate quarterbacks a year ago isn't how I evaluate quarterbacks now. I'm consistently evolving and changing. I think we all should do that. So then we get to Brady. Like I said, Brady wanted to play till the age of 45 right now. He's 44, and then life happens. The kids are like, Dad, we miss you. His wife, supermodel wife, Giselle says, Hey, babe, I'm tired of seeing you get hit. Over and over and over again. Tom Brady himself gets thrashed by the L.A. Rams on national TV. And he's pretty beat up. And he's like, in that moment, do I want to do this? Because it's very easy to say, I'm going to keep playing. When you walk off, you give Bill Belichick a two-piece, you say, F you, you doubted me. I won. Went to Tampa Bay in a year and turned this franchise around. I proved everybody I could do it. I reached that mountaintop again real easy to say i want to keep playing it's very easy to say that then life smacks you back down right life smacks you back down like life can do then you're beat up you're sore the next morning your wife is complaining your kids are sad that they can't spend a lot of time with you tom brady mentioned they give him what he needs now he needs to give them what they need what they need what i'm guessing that means if we're interpreting this a husband And a dad. Not Tom Brady, number 12, Hall of Famer, the GOAT, the quarterback. That's not what Giselle and the kids need. They need a husband and a dad. And that makes you change your mind. That makes you put life in perspective. And then you're like, eh, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe next fall... In October, instead of getting ready for preparing for a game, I'm getting ready to watch my own son play a game of football. I'm going on a date night with Giselle. And we're having drinks with a bunch of other couples out in Venice or whatever places we go because we want to travel and we can do that. Right? Just like that girl. Initially said what she wanted, then she changed her mind. I'm sure she talked to a lot of people. I'm sure she thought about it. Tom Brady, same thing, can change his mind from what he originally wanted. Talks to a lot of people he's close with, talks to friends, family, etc. And say, hey, you need to do this. So, fans in the Tampa Bay organization shouldn't be like, oh, Tom Brady said he was going to play longer. He signed a contract extension. Yeah, he did. And then life happened. He's 44 years old. Yeah, he can change his mind. He has a wife and kids. He's living with other people. It's more than just him. I'm sure it also takes a lot of commitment for Tom to keep up in the shape he's in, to play at this age. It's a lot harder. Your metabolism uh, slows down. Just in terms of physically, you work out, I'm sure that takes a lot of time and commitment away from the wife and kids that he has to, you know, put in time and sacrifice. And then maybe finally, something Giselle, the kid, said to him, and it was like, damn, am I really doing it right? Just like that girl. Maybe she's like, damn, I'm really talking to a 22, 23-year-old. Maybe that's not what I want to do. Maybe I want to talk to somebody my home age. My other friends are looking at me and like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to do that? And that's fine. Like I said, in life, people change their minds all the time. So now I want to get to this. I want to give a Daryl Lane top 10. So this past weekend, I was watching the Bills versus the Chiefs. One of the best games I've ever watched. It was one of those moments as a sports fan where I'm watching this and I'm like, damn, this is a pleasure to watch. So I just wanted to give you those top 10 moments for me. Right? So first, let's start with this. Number 10, Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. This went down in about 2015. We had a long-awaited fight. I remember I watched this with my mom and my little brother in my mom's room. Uh, my mom was like, oh, go get him, Floyd. Go get him, Floyd. You saw Pacquiao putting down a lot of punches, Floyd doing that Philly shoulder roll, uh, tying up Pacquiao, Uh, Floyd ended up winning. I was watching that fight and I was like, damn, I'm watching two of the greatest boxers ever fight. And I know it wasn't their prime, but it was still pretty cool to watch. The Thunder versus the Warriors in 2016, that series. Uh, The Warriors are down 3-1, they come back. Steph Curry uh, plays very good down the stretch. Klay Thompson has a 37-point game uh, in Game 6 at Oklahoma City. Everything that was encompassed with that game, Westbrook and Durant unravel a little bit down the stretch. That Game 7, I believe the Game 7 happened on a Sunday. And you're just like, damn, we're kind of seeing history in one of the better series in the NBA of that decade. At number 8, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. This is on here solely for the fact, because it was a close game. I remember I was watching this with my good friend Kyle Krayback at his house last year. Uh, for the playoffs, the divisional round game. And it was when the Bills got to the AFC Championship game. That when, clenched the Bills' birth to the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs, where they ended up lose badly, by the way. But it was special because I was like, damn, as a Bills fan, uh, I've never seen my team in the AFC Championship game, and that was a special experience. Uh, Number seven, Cavs versus Warriors 2016. My God, I can tell you where I was for game five. I was... Just graduated from high school, going into college. It was that summer I was at an orientation at John Carroll. And I'm sitting there because I wrestled with guys on the wrestling team. We're all watching this game. And I'm like, my God. My God. Draymond Green's out and Kyrie and LeBron just go off. Then it happens again. They beat him for Game 6. Then we're talking about Game 7, 89-93. Last three minutes of the game, nobody's scoring. LeBron, James, Kevin, left, Kyrie Irving, they all come back and they play very well. And then LeBron's like, Cleveland, this was for you. I was like, damn, I just watched something really special. Cleveland had like the third longest sport pro sports drought in American uh, sports history compared to Buffalo and like uh, San Diego. So that just shows how special that moment was. Number 6, the Astros versus the Dodgers. I believe this was... Either 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2018. And uh, in the World Series. And now obviously people would say that the sign stealing was going on during this time. But we're going to forget that. Uh, Justin Verlander was pitching really great during that series. You saw guys like Altuve, Bellinger, hitting home run after home run. It was a really fun series to watch. I remember a lot of it. I was watching with my good friend Noah Taluki. Who I used to do a show with in his dorm room in Campion Hall. Uh, really fun moments. Uh, and number five the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks last year. Watching Kevin Durant just ball out of control was a pleasure to watch I'm just like my god like this guy's having Giannis at the podium and he's like man this is the best player in the NBA there's nothing I can do to stop it uh it was special all the way to game seven where I'm at a bar watching with my friend Patrick Stein and we're watching and we're seeing this game Kevin Durant has his foot on the line slightly Giannis having big rebounds overtime like just such a special game and watching just greatness on full display, two great players in the Honors like Kevin Durant playing Chris Middleton, James Harden gutting it out there. Uh, just super fun. Uh, At number four, I'm going to go with Clemson versus Alabama 2016. Uh, actually, this will be 2017. I was a freshman in college when I watched this. This was the second time of the Clemson versus Bama rivalry. Uh, Bama won the first time. This is the second time with Deshaun Watson. To watch Deshaun keep coming up again and again as he's getting hit in the ground. And you're just like, damn. And then they end up scoring on the last drive. You just saw the toughness, the will, the desire to win. And it was really, really special. Really special. And I'm like, that guy's going to be able to play in the NFL. I fought people who said Deshaun couldn't play in the NFL. And that was that game when I'm like, we're watching somebody who has the poise, the toughness, the ability uh, to play in the NFL long-term. And number three, the Bills versus the Chiefs this past Sunday. As I'm watching at a bar with my friends Silas Garrison and Conal Crayback, there's angst in the room. People are screaming. People are yelling. You're wondering what's going to happen. You see Tyreek Hill break breaking for like a 60-yard touchdown where he makes one guy miss. Then he beats three guys to the angle down the sideline. Josh Allen responds with two great drives, a great... Uh, Two-point conversion. Then you see Pat from home Thirteen seconds left. No problem. We're the freaks of the world. We can do it. We get all the way in field goal range. Then they score in overtime. That street when you got out was silent. But during that game, I'm like I'm watching something special. Slices like Ah! Slices screaming. And you're like, oh my god! And then people are screaming in the bar. Uh, when you go out, it was silent. We talk about the game in the car, and it's just like. And also, I think like 50 million people were watching, which is close to Super Bowl numbers, by the way, folks. You're like, my God. I watched a duel between Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, and that is the highest level of quarterback play I've seen uh, in my time watching football. It's not particularly close with their ability to make tough throws, big arms, extend plays, run for first downs. It was truly special to watch. And number two, Falcons versus Patriots. Uh, The Super Bowl comeback, 28-3, 2016. My God, since Tom Brady being the GOAT, as they're coming back, I remember after that game, I was like, this guy has to be the GOAT. Again, it was kind of like the Sean Watson game against Alabama when Brady keeps getting hit. He keeps getting hit, but he keeps coming up. He keeps coming up. The toughness, the will, the desire to keep going. And they end up winning in overtime. And I'm like, I just saw somebody who no matter what situation mentally, he is so strong that he's never out of it. It's like Mariano Rivera in the eighth and the ninth inning. It's good night. You don't bet against Brady in those clutch moments because of when you see stuff like that and you're like, my God, I just witnessed something I don't think I'll ever see again. Just how a game could completely flip Kyle Shanahan, Matt Ryan, the unraveling of that. And number one, Lakers versus Celtics 2010. I remember I was watching Game 7 in my dad's workshop. I was in sixth grade and I saw Kobe get his fifth ring. And honestly, it's ironic, Uh, commemorating that Kobe and Gigi, his daughter, they tragically died a couple of days ago, and this was number one. Kobe Bryant is my favorite athlete of all time, not particularly close. And to watch him have that basketball in his hands, number 24, hands up, confetti in the air, uh, and to see him seal the deal, get one more than Shaq, uh, one more away from Jordan. He obviously didn't catch Jordan, but what that meant for his legacy, uh... Tough game, low-scoring game, defensive game. Kobe led the team in rebounds. I believe him and Pal Gasol were fighting for the boards all game long. Uh, just the rivalry with the Celtics and Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Really special and fun to watch in a moment. I'll never forget as a sports fan. So those are my 10 uh, games, sports fan, where I've watched and I've been, just been like, this is special for me. Those are the top 10. And kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to have Ben Karen on the show could have next with the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. If label to stop me, it's going to be some dread with Barbershop Sports Talk and we have Ben Karen with us, he's a father, he's a son he's a husband he's a school psychologist former resident of Vermont current resident of Arizona former Texas A&M Aggie, alumni of Vermont University Chess player, maybe someday a grandmaster if he works hard enough not yet fully bald. Collectible connoisseur. Ben Karen, host of Sports Podcast.
0: It's great to be here tonight, Daryl. Looking forward to talking with you.
1: Did you like the intros this time? I tried to switch it up a little bit.
0: I did, yeah. I, I'm always in suspense. I never know what you're going to say.
1: So let's get to this. Officially announced, Ben Roethlisberger is retiring. What did you think of when you heard the news?
0: Well, I, I thought it was the right time for him to retire. Um, you know, I I think ultimately he's going to be remembered well. Um, my opinion is he's probably a first ballot Hall of Famer, Um And he's had a pretty, pretty nice career when you stop and look at it. You know, he has a pair of Super Bowl wins. He's been to a third Super Bowl. Um, when you look at the last decade or so though it's not been um, an especially smooth ride for him in the NFL Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to accuse him of being one of the greatest of all time but I do think uh, he is a walk for the Hall of Fame
1: I mean if you're one of the top 20 players that ever played the position wouldn't that make you one of the greatest of all time?
0: I guess it's what your definition is. I'd probably say, um, you know, you gotta be top
1: five. Oh. Okay, I guess my greatest of all time is pretty expansive, more expansive than your list. Uh, Also, did you ever, did you think there was any chance he would come back?
0: Not after the last two seasons have gone. Things have just looked really rough for him. And to be honest with you, I mean, I just think at this point in his career, he looks like he's kind of physically shot. You know, he reminds me somewhat of other quarterbacks that we've seen on the decline. Uh, guys like Drew Brees, guys like Peyton Manning, uh, even Brett Favre to some degree towards the end. So I, I didn't think he would come back. I was pretty sure this would be his last year.
1: So let's go to another guy who could potentially be retiring. Tom... Edward Brady. Would you have ever thought that there'd be this much rumors swirling around in the air that Tom could be retiring Ben right now?
0: Sure. I mean, we, we know he's not going to play forever, Darryl. Uh, it certainly feels like he's played forever, but the, the man is uh, 44. If he does play another season, he's going to be 45 before the start of the season. Um, and... He's already now, by a few years, um, held up better than we've ever seen an NFL quarterback hold up, at least in the modern era. So, um, you know, I think for him, every postseason, you know,
1: going forward, it's going to be a discussion about this, even if he decides to come back. I was shocked because he had always said he was going to play till 45 pretty clearly. And the way he was playing, I think Giselle, the kids, got to him, Ben. Because even the tone. Because the last few years, it's always been like, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. This is the first time that it's been like, I might not be coming back. I do think, you know,
0: at some point, you you have to look at yourself in the mirror and try to balance things out. Um, you know, especially when you're an NFL quarterback, that is a lot of time away from your family. Um and it's easy in life to get distracted by a lot of things, um, and kind of neglect that part of life if you're not careful. So I, I think he's kind of, family's put him in check a little bit, um, and I do think if he does come back, Daryl, next year would be his last year. And that's what I predict will happen. I think he's going to play one more year. I think he's going to pretty much announce right up front, hey, this is my last year, um. I think his family will honor him in doing that. And I think um, I think it's going to be very good for the league. And I think he wants to have one last opportunity to try to see if he can win another Super Bowl.
1: But the thing is, he's still so good. Could you? Ha- I don't know if I could see him if he feels like he still has more to give. And I don't think it's because he doesn't love football anymore. I think it's more so that there's other things that are pulling him.
0: I was looking at his stats for the
1: season, and yeah, pretty impressive, Daryl. Ben, it's hard to walk away like that, because here's the thing. he One, he really loves what he does, right? He's found his dream job. It truly makes him happy. He gets paid a lot of money to do it, right? Like, those are things that you can't just find again in a second act. Like he's never gonna enjoy anything. I mean, you know, spending time with your family—that's cool. But he's never gonna enjoy any job he ever does again more than this.
0: Probably not. I mean, he is very good at it. You know, he, he just, and he's good
1: at it. That's another thing. He's really—he's elite at it. It's his dream job, and he gets paid a lot. Ben, for if you tell tell most people in America those three things, they would do that till they're eighty. Probably, man. Probably. I mean,
0: he. Playing at a very elite level still. I believe he led the entire NFL in and touchdown passes this season at 43. 43 passes that is for touchdowns.
1: <laughs> and also, I, I do think part of the Tom Brady Guerrero thing is they want to see how long they can actually take this D B12 method, how well he can actually keep playing. I think that's also something why Tom Brady does keep playing. I think he does like keep proving to himself like I can still do this. I think that is part of his thing and his competitive drive. It's almost like he's competing with himself. Like man versus self. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think I
0: think he realizes he's one of these people that's kind of breaking down a barrier. You know, if if Tom can play until he's 45, I think there are other players that are going to, obviously, try to copycat his method. And um, He's looking at trying to allow people to elongate their careers.
1: And I've even heard him say... A couple times, still 50. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But I don't know if this is... I just think this is very interesting. Because I don't think he wants to do this. And he seemed very emotional when he was talking about it. Like, he was very torn. Right,
0: Brian. I know... um, I believe it was on a a podcast. You made some kind of a comment. Like, um, it's not always what I want, but it's what my family wants.
1: And that's true, and that was on his podcast, the Tom Brady podcast, but after the season, there's so much time to spend with your wife and kids. It's like six months. Like, half the year, you still get to spend time with his kids and his and his wife.
0: Well, I, I don't think that, that, that half the year is going to be acceptable to a whole lot of families, so I'll start there. Um but I hear your point too, you know, and I think there has to be a balance, and I'm not sure if it can be achieved. Um, I'd like to see him have one more run, but, um, you know, who knows?
1: But, Ben, what, what about lawyers and doctors? They make a lot of money, they're busy all the time, too.
0: Yeah, well, and, and you know, there are a lot of people uh, in those fields that, that burn out as well or slow down, you know. You can, you can do some of that work part time. You know, you can't be a part-time NFL quarterback. Well, I mean, you might be able to... In this day and age, we do have a
1: part-time NBA player. I I think Tom Brady's an all-in kind of guy, Ben. I think so, too.
0: I think Bruce Arians is kind of an all-in kind
1: of guy as well. I I just also think the thing is, it's going to be very hard for me to imagine him really wanting to walk away knowing he's still this good. That's very hard for me to imagine. Because we've never really seen that. I think we saw that with Barry a little bit? Well,
0: I'd certainly say we saw it with Calvin Johnson.
1: Yeah, we did. But Calvin Johnson wasn't happy anymore in Detroit. And he was banged up. That's not the issue with Brady. So so that's where I'm very interested to see where that whole ordeal goes. So next, I want to get to this. Kansas City Chiefs Buffalo Bills. Was this one of the. Where does this rank in terms of sporting events you've seen? Games you've seen, Ben? And how much was this for the fans?
0: Well, it, it was 100% for the fans. I'll start there. And the game itself was an instant classic, Darryl. Um, you know, I know it probably wasn't in your book. You know, your team came up short. But Josh Allen played phenomenal football, Daryl. Uh, hats off to the guy, he did everything he possibly could to get his team uh, to the NFC Championship game, and I think the defense let him down. Uh, as far as kind of all-time great games, off the top of my head, I, I would easily say it would be a top 10 game.
1: That you've seen?
0: That I've seen,
1: yeah. And you say easily? Easily. So does that mean it's debatable for your top 5?
0: It could be. It could be. I would not say it's it's one of my top two or three, but a- after that, I think it gets um, a little bit more debatable.
1: So what what did this game have that you love so much, Ben?
0: Well, it just had really high-level quarterback play from, from both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, and, and, you know, uh, we just saw suspense... Um, what's going to happen minute to minute, uh, great for the fans. Um, we just we saw people taking big risks, taking big shots. You know, uh, Darrell, with your Buffalo Bills, they converted on a couple fourth downs to get that go-ahead um, score late in the game with 13 seconds left. So they had to take some risks. And then uh, Kansas City took some risks to get up in the field goal range. Um, just a really interesting game. Uh, And really exciting for the fans. A couple of really good teams out there competing.
1: Do you think Josh Allen versus Mahomes is now a debate?
0: Well, I think it's essentially going to be the new um, Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. I I, I think it's that good, Darryl.
1: So you were impressed by that game, Ben. That, that, That impressed you.
0: Well, I was impressed with aspects of it. I was impressed with the quarterback play conversely i was not very impressed with a defensive play out there.
1: <laughs> that is very fair
0: you know most fans they don't like defense I like defense too I mean I think that that helps make some of the games exciting um, when there's some big defensive plays happening out there um, but it, w- it was very exciting Um I felt really bad for um, for Josh Allen. I felt really bad for the Bills Mafia and their fans. Um, and just
1: a hard way to go out. Ben, I'll tell you this. I was watching the game at a bar, and after that game, there was a whole street of other bars. Everybody was silent. It was like somebody's dad or mom had just died. Silent. Couldn't hear anything silent couldn't hear a pen drop you could hear a pen drop yeah that so that just shows you you know how emotionally invested a lot of bills fans were during that game the emotions from bill score chiefs score bill score 13 seconds left just you know, all these fluctuating of moments. I mean, after Tyree Kill breaks that touchdown, I'm losing my mind. Then Josh Allen freaking drives it back for a touchdown. I'm like, holy cow. And then they still got it. They got it with the, then they got the field goal. I'm like, my God. So, Josh Allen, he solidified himself in your top five, right? Yeah, well, I already
0: had him in the top five
1: how much of this game do, do you think to help his stock around the NFL? Because I don't think a lot of fans in Ashley realize how good Josh was.
0: I think it helped his stock quite a bit. I mean, I, I would say not only this game, Daryl, but uh, the game, uh, you know, in the wild card round against uh, the Patriots. I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people took notice of that. Um, seven straight drives with touchdowns against Bill Belichick's defense in, in sub zero temperatures. Um, I, I think I think his stock is incredibly high right now. Um, we're talking about a guy, Daryl, that might not even be in his prime yet. He's only 25 years old.
1: And he's gotten better and better and better each year, Ben.
0: Well, you know, I was looking at that, and, and he's gotten just worlds better as far as his completions go. When you look at all the stats, he was actually slightly better last, last year in the regular season. Uh, However, I'd argue this year he's certainly been way, way better in the
1: postseason. Oh, not even close. He took a step mentally. He's better. He's better. He 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 wasn't that calm last year. The the stats don't do it justice. He's better this year, Ben.
0: There's an argument that can be made. I know, you know, you on outside the shop, you you think he might be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Make it clear with the listeners out there, I do not agree with that.
1: I said I wouldn't have an issue if somebody comes up to me and they say Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league. You're not going to hear much debate from me, Ben. Now I would not. I don't think he's the best QB in the league.
0: I don't think that makes a whole lot of sense right now, based on based on who else is in the league. Um, you know, right right now, I would I would say for sure um, he he's still kind of I would say probably in the in the bottom of my top five.
1: Here's what I'll say. Here's and, and this is the point I was trying to make behind. to you before. He, his his best is as good as anybody's best. His best is as good as Patrick Mahomes' best.
0: Yeah, but it, but he he's a little inconsistent still. His floor is worse than a lot of other guys' floors.
1: We can say that. I'm fine I mean, saying that. My, but
0: in my opinion, no, I think his floor is worse than Mahomes' floor.
1: But I agree. But I think that's why we say, like for example. I don't think Mahomes' snap or snap played a better season than Aaron Rodgers, but if you're going to say Mahomes is better, you can say Mahomes at his best is better than anybody else in the NFL at his best. Maybe Mahomes' floor, because Mahomes had some games this year where he was turning the ball over, he was doing stupid stuff, and you're like, whatever. But when Mahomes is at his best, you can be like, he does stuff that nobody else can do. So, And I think the same thing goes for Josh.
0: Yeah.
1: Th- That's just what I'm saying. Now, I, I don't even necessarily... I, I-, I would have him... You know, I, I, I would have him a little bit lower than one. or I wouldn't even have him at number two, personally. Uh, I I would need to see it for one more year before I quite was ready to go there. But I'm just saying, I, I think he's in the discussion. I think he's played that well. And I would even say this, those two drives he made, those are the two best drives I've seen from any quarterback this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's really impressive. Um, I'm, I'm just looking forward to having, having an opportunity as a fan to watch him play more football. Um, I don't think anybody saw this when he's coming out of Wyoming.
1: I didn't see it. I thought he was going to be a bust, Ben. I'm sorry, Josh Allen. You are that man. Uh, the legend of Joe Burrow is it growing, Ben? Uh, it's absolutely growing, Daryl. It's growing exponentially. I mean,
0: um, when when we talk about guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, um, you know, I to me, in my opinion, Daryl, I, I have Joe Burrow in that discussion. I mean. Yeah, you know, like let's not downplay what this man's done this season. He finished the seed the regular season, Darryl, with hundred and eight QBR. I believe that might be second best, only behind Aaron Rodgers. And he had he had a a, a completion percentage over seventy percent this season. He just seems to will his team to win after win after win. He got sacked nine times, Daryl, on Saturday. It didn't even phase him. Led the Bengals to the win. Got them in position for Evan McPherson to kick a field goal. He, in my opinion, did what he had to do to win that game against the Titans. I know it wasn't as flashy as a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. But the Titans... Have a tough defensive front.
1: The Titans are a real team, girl. They're very physical. They are very physical. And they and I already said, the, the Bengals' offensive linemen, they're just trash cans out there, Ben. They're just fat dudes out there in, shoulder, in, a, in a helmet and shoulder pads. Like, I, I don't know what was going on there. It was shameful. You're talking about Joe Burrow pats the ball one time. There's already, like, two Tennessee Titans defensive linemen moving him off his spot. And I feel even worse for Joe Mixon. There was nothing in the run game. If I'm Joe Mixon, I'm cussing at all those linemen. I'm being like, your job is to freaking block and protect me. I don't know what you're doing. I, I thought that game was shameful. Just Ryan Tannehill effed it up and crapped all over it. That's why they, you know. <laughs> well, it's it certainly
0: uh, the offensive line is where the Bengals have to focus on this offseason. If I'm them, that's probably where my draft picks are going. It's either that or the defense. If, I, if I'm the Titans right now, like, go make a pitch Darren Aaron Rodgers. Go try to do anything you can to get that man to join your team. Because that's really all they need, I think, in order to be, be in contention for a Super Bowl. I, I kept telling you, Darryl, I said, I don't trust Ryan Tannehill. He's not as good as everybody says he is. And he proved it this week.
1: It, was, it wasn't it was his best performance. I didn't think he played. I, I thought there were some bright spots, but but you can't turn the football over like that. You no, can't. And he
0: turned it over in a critical moment, too. Yeah, yeah you can they're, they're driving down the field to potentially win in the Bengals' defense, though. And they came to play. You know, it's not
1: just Joe Burrow. That defense is playing hard out there. And one of those picks Hilton, Hilton made... The pick Helton made on Tannehill, too, was an amazing pick. I don't blame them much on Tannehill. That was just an amazing play. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. You are right. They, they did come to play. Uh, and I think they're a very underrated uh, defense as well. I don't think people realize they have some guys on there uh, that are pretty good. So this was interesting. an interesting story. Jamar Chase said that Les Miles, when he was recruiting him, told him he couldn't play wide receiver. He was a cornerback. How crazy is that now?
0: Well, obviously, obviously now it sounds like, uh, lunacy, but, um, you know, at the time with, with who LSU is bringing in, you know, and the other uh, guys that they, they've had there over the years, I can maybe see less point, you know, I mean, he's looking at what the team needs. Uh, and I, I believe Jamar could probably have played cornerback and done pretty well. Um. You know, and and, and when you're L S U and you're used to having guys like um you know, Odell Beckham Junior, Justin Jefferson was there, they've they've had a long list of really good wide receivers. Is it... I, I, I could see that, but in my opinion, I mean Jamar is, is, is already a lead. I think he may already be a top five
1: receiver in the NFL. I think he might be the best wide receiver in the NFL, Ben.
0: Yeah, I'd probably pump the brakes on that right now. I mean, there there are just some guys out there. I mean, Cooper Cup, man,
1: Tyreek Hill. Um, I'll tell you this, Ben. Happens, I'll, I'll tell you this, Ben. After Ty- Tyreek Hill is probably my number one. After Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Jamar Chase. And I might take Jamar Chase over Tyreek Hill. Jamar Chase is just that special to me. I've seen Jamar Chase do too many crazy things.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's probably um, one of the best receivers to come out in the last five years.
1: Easily. Oh my gosh. Easily. So, I also want to say this, too. Maybe it was a sign of respect for Les Miles. LSU is what? Cornerback you. Tyron Matthew, uh, Morris Claiborne, Patrick Peterson. uh uh, you've had a lot of good corners. Derek Steenley Jr. Uh, he's coming out. Uh, a lot of good defensive backs that have come from there. Maybe he was like, "That's what I see." Even Tre'Davious White, Buffalo Bills guy, LSU. Maybe he's like, "Hey, I see you can be one of our next elite corners." Yeah, I, I don't. I
0: think I was just
1: trying to figure out how Jamar could help his team. So. Ben, on a one to ten, how sad were you for me after the Bills lost to the Chiefs?
0: Oh, I, I was a ten. I was a ten. I, I I felt terrible for you. I mean, even I'm I'm sitting there, I'm watching the game, and there's 13 seconds left, and they score, and I'm like, okay, you know, Buffalo is finally getting over the hump this year. Um, I, I said this is going to be a great podcast tonight on Thursday. I'm thinking of my mind, my Bengals, Daryl's Bills. We're gonna be we're gonna be. Um, slugging it out in the AFC Championship. It's going to be, you know, going to make, make the show uh, special. Um, and, and I just, I never saw, um, saw it coming with 13 seconds left.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. So, really quickly, too, what I want to get to you is for this. uh Andrew Whitworth's wife is telling people for the 49ers-Rams game, uh, for the Forty Nine for Rams uh, fans not to sell your tickets. I, I guess this is the same issue that Tennessee was having. The Rams just have no fans. Yeah, well, it,
0: I, I would say you have to know your market. In Tennessee, I guess it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the people to sell their tickets, but... You know, in Los Angeles, there's a lot of things going on, uh, you know, on the regular, a lot of movie premieres, a lot of sporting events, things like that to choose from.
1: Um, Clubs, bars, I, restaurants, you know. I, I just think it's really
0: sad, though, that they have to go to these kind of links to get people to not sell their tickets.
1: For, um, for, for Ben, what type of, you're all about the playoffs, you're all about the big games. A what? An NFC championship game? Yeah, I
0: mean. And, and, and like, let's be honest here. This is a, this Rams team is an interesting team to watch. I mean, they've got they've got some star power here. And we're talking about a team, Daryl, with uh, you know arguably one of, in my opinion, one of the most intriguing uh, head coaches out there, and Sean McVay. Uh, very young head coach, thirty-five, could possibly be honest for on his way to a second Super Bowl appearance already. Um Widely respected, really good coach. Probably has his team more prepared than any other coach in the NFL right now. Um, You know, they've they've got all the other stars. They've got Aaron Donald. They've got Jalen Ramsey. They've got Cooper Cup. They've got Odell Beckham Jr. There's a lot of entertainment value there. I just don't understand how these people could not show up for this game.
1: And the weather is going to be very good there. It's not like you're sitting out there in Buffalo. See, Buffalo Bills fans don't sell their season tickets. You had, you had droves of people there, Ben, with their shirts off. See, I don't know. Just because you're in a big market doesn't mean you have good fans. I'm just going to put that out there. The Chargers fans are even more sickening, too.
0: You look at the Packers, man, I mean... They have a lot of diehard
1: fans. And they're from a very small market. Yeah, I think the NFL needs to look at that. You know, just sometimes you don't need to go to the big marketplace. because Just because just there's more people there, doesn't mean you're going to, you know, get the turnout. Sometimes it's, you know, quality, not quantity.
0: I, I, I do think it's an interesting dynamic, though, because they're playing the 49ers, so it's like a an
1: in-state rivalry. I mean, how far is San, San Fran's, like, four hours from L.A.?
0: Oh, it's much further
1: than that. Six? Like nine or ten. Oh, nine or ten? Opposite ends of the it's state. It's... Opposite ends of the state.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, they're going to be making the... I mean, how, how far is it by plane
0: uh, I I would maybe guess like 90 minutes maximum.
1: Okay, that's I'm sure that's what a lot of those people are doing. Or maybe they're taking the road trip. I mean, I was going to take the road trip, but the Bills ended up in Tennessee, and that's 13 hours. So maybe that's what they were going to do. But it is sad. It's probably going to be more 49ers fans there, better fan base. Uh, But that's just how the dice roll. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then come next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to talk a little bit about some of these head coaching hires. Come next at the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. with Barbershop Sports Talk we still have Ben Karen with us host of the Sports Squabbler podcast so Ben let's start with this Sean Payton leaving the New Orleans Saints what are your thoughts on that? Well it,
0: it was surprising I think what it tells me though is, is he's probably done coaching at least done for a while I don't think he's going to be getting into um, another job here immediately um I think he kind of looked around at the Saints, and, and he saw a lot of problems. Um, he gave it his best shot this year. They missed the playoffs. Uh, quarterback situation is not stellar in New Orleans. Um, they've, they've got some kind of ongoing issues with Michael Thomas. They have cap issues. And I think he said, okay, you know, this is, this is my time to kind of step away from this. Um, Will my legacy still intact? Um, I, I do think though and I, maybe it's just me being critical but I, I I do think if he does not coach again um, it will hurt his legacy some that he only had success with Drew Brees
1: see yeah we, we still disagree on that I mean he had success with Tony Romo as an offensive coordinator in Dallas I never not
0: have any real playoff success with
1: him Oh, Ben he, an undrafted free agent who ended up being what? A multiple-time pro bowler? That's pretty impressive. People forget, yeah. Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent.
0: It's not why you play
1: the game, though. I've, well, I was an offensive coordinator. Your job is to make the offense as efficient as possible. That's what they pay you to That's what they pay you to do. If you're an offensive coordinator and your team's not scoring any points and your team wins, you're going to get fired. So are you
0: just trying to tell me basically all those years it was the defense?
1: For what? <laughs> that held the Cowboys back. I mean, the defense wasn't very good, was it? When Sean Payton was there as an offensive coordinator, the Cowboys' offense was very good.
0: Well, I mean, he was there when Bill Parcells was there, right? Yes. Yeah, Bill Parcells knows how to coach. You know.
1: I... Well, well, you just said they didn't have any playoff success. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I guess that they were on their way to having playoff success um, up in Seattle until um, your guy, Tony Romo, that you talked to highly on had
1: a little bit of a problem. So let's go to this. Well, that's
0: all right. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that.
1: Tony Romo's not even my guy. I'm not even a big Tony <laughs> Romo fan. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett to the Broncos. Thoughts on that?
0: I think that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is going to be able to hack it as a good coach in the NFL, but we're going to find out. Um, it is intriguing, Daryl, because he has had success um, at Green Bay, obviously, through 13-3 and three seasons, working with Aaron Rodgers, offensive coordinator. Uh, and he even had some success in Jacksonville that a lot of people might not remember uh, with the likes of Blake Bortles. Uh, and he helped that team make the AFC Championship game. So, um, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued, and I, I like what Denver did here. Um, we're we're in this trend. We're we're kind of moving towards more offensively minded head coaches. Uh, so it just makes sense to me.
1: Now I do want to put this out there. He was not the play caller in Green Bay. That was Matt Lafleur. But I'm sure he. Had a lot of say in their offensive game plan, and I'm sure Matt Lafleur took a lot of his ideas, and he was obviously working with Aaron Rodgers and players in the offense regularly since he was the OC. But he was not the one calling plays. I just want to put that out there. He was the play caller in Jacksonville, though. He also was the OC for the Buffalo Bills when Doug Marone was there as well, and they had a couple very solid seasons under him. Uh, I think what is interesting about this is Nathaniel Hackett. You know who he's really close to, Ben?
0: Aaron Rodgers.
1: Yep. And apparently, if the Packers decide to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, AFC team out of the conference, maybe they can make it work. And if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, that's a interesting scenario because Denver has a team that if you give them an elite quarterback, then they're, they're, they're right to being a 12-win team.
0: I can't see it. I, I just, I don't think that it'd be a wise move for him with limited time left to go into a division with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, um, Justin Herbert. That I think it makes a lot more sense for him to end up in Tennessee.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think he can end up in, I think Tannehill staying in Tennessee for one year just based off of like his contract, I think. I mean, obviously if Tennessee could swing it, they would, but.
0: I think I think you do whatever you got to do to get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if you're the Titans, because it's clear Tannehill's holding your team back.
1: I just don't see the Titans doing that. I, I don't see monetarily they're doing that. I think they're still on the hook for so much money with Tannehill that I, I just couldn't see them doing that. Monetarily, it wouldn't be a smart move. I mean, in terms of going for it now, you could argue that. But I think Aaron's also going to want to go with someplace with somebody's familiar with. That's also why the Hackett thing. Probably works, and it's the AFC, which is what you're going to have to look for. Because uh, I think Aaron is going to want as much familiarity as possible. Uh, so it also depends how he vibes with whoever's calling plays in Tennessee. Because if he doesn't like that guy, then he's not going to go there. Well, I mean, he, uh, to your
0: point, he's probably also seen um, you know, a guy like Peyton Manning, who at the end of his career went to Denver and had success. That opportunity
1: exists for him there. That's very true. And Denver's one of the more blue-chip franchises in the NFL. Absolutely. I would There's also say... i accusing also, Tennessee of being a blue-chip
0: franchise.
1: <laughs> what did you say, Ben? I said nobody's
0: accusing Tennessee of being a
1: blue-chip That is blue very chip. true. And Denver, good fan base. Very tough to win in Denver as well. It has a good... Uh, home field advantage so i just don't think those are things and i think the hackett thing is big having and i also think that's probably something that hackett used in the interview process by saying hey i might be able to get number 12 in green bay here i'm sure that came up don't you think ben
0: i'm sure it probably
1: did can you get him are are you sure you can get him And he's like yeah like oh okay that makes you a lot more appealing as that coach if you tell him you can bring in aaron Rodgers. I'm just going to put that out there. It makes you a lot more appealing as the head coach. Uh, Matt Eberflus. He is going to the Bears. What do you think of that?
0: I'm not too familiar with this guy.
1: (laughs) Defensive coordinator for the Colts. Okay. Yeah. um,
0: I don't know. Um, I I would say, based on the information you're giving me, I'd, I'd be a little bit against that. Um, right now, I kind of felt like Chicago needed somebody that was offensively minded to come in. They need somebody that's going to be able to develop Justin Fields, uh, see what they have there. That's been Chicago's Achilles tendon, Darryl, for a long time, uh, or Achilles heel, rather. Uh, they, they, the quarterback situation has not been good in Chicago. Yeah,
1: you know, that's fair. I think also maybe the reason they're skewing away from the offensive mind is they just had an offensive mind to Matt Nagy and, and it didn't work. So maybe what they're going to do is build their team up. They have a defensive guy, and maybe you get in it. He brings in an OC that's pretty good.
0: Like that possibility can exist.
1: Because the one thing I will say is I think we overrate the offensive mind. Like you need an offensive mind, you need an offensive mind. You can't just have an offensive coordinator. <laughs> like that is a thing too. You could just do that. Sean McDermott has Brian Dable. Bill Belichick has Josh McDaniels. Even Matt Lafleur, who's his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Sean McVay, his offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who's going to get a lot of head coaching looks. You can have an off. You can have a good offensive coordinator too. That's it's not against the rules. I swear. It's it's
0: intriguing. Though. There's still some big names out there that have not been been hired yet.
1: And Shaquille O'Neal says the Dallas Cowboys should hire Deion Sanders to replace Mike McCarthy. <laughs> oh, oh that, was that funny, Ben?
0: That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. I know everybody hates on Mike, you know, especially after the playoff loss. Um, but people forget, Daryl, Mike McCarthy is pretty good. 80% of the years he's coached, he's had a winning record. You're not just going to find that. We don't even know if Deion Sanders can really coach. I mean, much less coach on, uh, in the NFL. So um, I, I'm not sold on that. I'm not sure that Deion is, uh, is going to have a lot of success at motivating NFL players. I think that that's a lot different than working with college kids. Um, you know, and I mean – and Dion's young enough, where I think if he if he can show some promise in college, yeah, maybe maybe he'll get an opportunity. But right at this moment, I I don't see the benefit of, of hiring him over a guy that's a proven winner in the
1: NFL. Well, I will say there's a lot of these NFL guys they do know Dion. Like a lot of these guys go to Dion for advice. So I mean, it's not like he wouldn't have problems, you know, talking to these guys and conveying things to them.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure that he's there on a steam level though. On what? Like, as far as game planning.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't... Yeah, that's that's very true.
0: I, I believe McCarthy is better at that than people give him credit for. Um, you know, however, the, the problem with him is he's just a little bit... He, he just needs to button it up a little bit. Be a little, little, he's a little sloppy, especially with, like, time management, that game against the 49ers. Um, Colin Cowherd this week, he's funny saying uh, the the timeouts <laughs> just fell out of the back of the truck for the Cowboys while they were cruising around. Um, and I, I'd say that's kind of accurate, you know. So he just has to button it up a little bit. But I, I, I do still believe in him. But, I mean, I, everybody wants to write him off, and I just don't understand it.
1: So let's get to this predictions. Uh, Chiefs versus Bengals.
0: Oh. Uh, this is tough, Daryl. I'm, I'm going to go here uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going with my heart over my head. Uh, there is just something here, Daryl, that tells me that Joe Burrow is going to get to the Super Bowl and have, a, have an opportunity. The Bengals just seem like they're on this um, improbable mission right now. I think they find a way in Kansas City. They've already beaten the Chiefs about a month ago. Kansas City plays hard. They play tough. Um, neither team can really stop the other team. i say Bengals' defense makes one one critical stop at the end of the game. Cincinnati wins
1: 34-31. You know what's really interesting? This could be if Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes is manning and Brady, does that mean Joe Burrows is basically like if we have Breeze in there too?
0: I would
1: I would say yes. I mean, cause you're looking it can be real and I'm high on Herbert, so for me that's four. So uh I'm just gonna put that out there. I know you're not as high as on Herbert. Uh Herbert needs to win a couple of playoff games for Ben's ready to go there. Uh I'm going with the Chiefs. What I saw them do against the Bills, it just is too good. It can't be denied. They have cover corners. I think they can match up somewhat with Cincinnati across the board. They have guys like Frank Clark, Clark Chris Jones, who can get after the quarterback. Joe Burrow is gonna to have to play big. I don't think he can outduel Patrick Mahomes again. I think the Chiefs are gonna be ready. We saw how they looked. The Bills blew them out. We saw how much better they looked when they faced the Bills again. I think they're going to be ready for what Cincinnati has to offer. I also trust Andy Reid over Zach Taylor in these situations. I think that's something we also have to take into account. And I think there's something for being there before. I don't know if the Bengals, at the beginning of the season, they expected to be here. The Chiefs expected to be here, and now it's like, let's handle business. Uh, I think that's a different mindset, and I think it's a different mentality. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Uh, I'll say... I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, man. I'll say Chiefs 44 to Bengals, like, 40. I think this is going to be really exciting. And next, we have the LA Rams versus the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan and Matthew Stafford. One of these guys is going to a Super Bowl. Two of Ben's favorite people in the NFL. <laughs> yeah,
0: not-
1: wait, Wait, Ben, does that mean you have to stop hating on one of them? Because one of them is going to have a Super Bowl, have a Super Bowl birth, which I know impresses you. That counts for a lot for Ben.
0: Well, Kyle Shanahan already has one, Daryl.
1: Yeah, so he's going to get another one. If he gets two, that's really impressive.
0: That is pretty impressive. Now I don't think he's going to get two though.
1: Oh, so Matthew Stafford's going to get his first.
0: Well, I, I, I would, I would think yes. I mean, I'm looking at this, Daryl, and. Uh, Everything is set up here for the Rams to have the success. Uh, They had the 49ers on the ropes at the end of the season. They were up 17-0. Personally, I like Sean McVay over Kyle Shanahan. Um, I know Shanahan's had his number recently. I think this is the game where McVay kind of gets that final monkey off of his back, Um, that final doubt, and I think he does get the job done against the 49ers. Um, I think they find a way, and I think the defense again is going to is going to come up big. I think they're going to expose Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit, uh, and I don't think it's going to necessarily be especially close, Daryl. I, I like uh, the Los Angeles Rams here, thirty uh, to the 49ers, seventeen.
1: I think San Francisco's defense is too good for this game to get out of hand, but I'm going to say the Rams twenty eight to the Niners twenty four. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Matthew Stafford. I think he's a bona fide top 10 quarterback. I said uh, when they got him that this would change life. I think it has changed life. I think it's opened up their offense. I think it's big. gave Sean McVay the ability to call some maybe some different plays that he normally wouldn't. I've told you how I felt about Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like a Ryan Tannehill situation, but in my opinion, it's worse. I think he's holding that team back. Uh, and, all, and all Kyle Shanahan has to do is pray that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't F the game up. Uh, and he might very well. Because I'll tell you this. This is why I can't say QB wins are a QB stat. Jimmy Garoppolo has not played particularly well in either playoff game. And the Niners still won both games. I'm just going to put that out there. Hasn't played particularly well. Uh, and they still won. I don't know what that means. But I'm just going to put that one out there. But I'm going to go with the Rams. And this also, been if the Rams win and the Chiefs win, this sets up my preseason Super Bowl matchup. So, very excited about that.
0: That would be impressive if you were able to predict the, the Super Bowl matchup.
1: So, Ben, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, anytime, Daryl. Can't wait to watch uh, these conference championships this weekend.
1: And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen, host of the Weather Podcast, for coming on the show. always appreciate it when Ben can come on. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 385th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.